0: Welcome to the finale in this series of the Women in Business podcast brought to you by NatWest. I'm June Sarpong and over the past couple of months we've been exploring entrepreneurship from a female perspective. From tentative first steps to growing a global brand. And with the help of some brilliant guest mentors and NatWest's Women in Business team. We've been taking a look at industries from food to fashion, travel, tech and beyond. Today we are entering the music business as we go behind the scenes to meet two incredible businesses businesswomen, propelling the industry from its core. Our first guest has a career that spans a 360 degree view. Having previously spent time as a concert promoter, artist manager, label executive, and digital strategist, she's worked alongside some huge artists and labels, but now she's embarking on a new journey with her recently formed company, Deviate Digital, a business helping the music industry turn data insights into meaningful creative strategy. Sammy Andrews, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Thank you for inviting me on. You are the final guest of the series. How exciting. <laughs> <laughs> so in your own words, can you tell me a little bit about what Deviate Digital actually does? And, and what does uh, music industry data turned into strategy insights actually mean? OK, so I've spent quite a lot of
1: time in the industry looking over different data sources. And the industry's changed a lot from the old days when we used to sell records and vinyl and CDs. Yeah, And now with streaming and services like Spotify and Apple, musicians and labels can see who their audience are, what they're listening to, where they live. And there's quite a lot of information that you can gain from that in order to run successful campaigns around that information. And at Deviate, we look over that data and we also work directly with managers, artists, labels and all manner of music industry companies to be able to provide them with a strategy that will work for them for their campaigns, from everything from social media strategy to streaming service strategy, and a much wider digital marketing plan and creative as well.
0: Brilliant. So when did you actually start the company?
1: Um, we're f- quite fresh out the doors, really. really? Uh, we're three months in. Oh, with, wow! Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations! Thank you very much. It's going very well. Is this the
0: first company you founded?
1: Uh, no, I had in my early 20s for my sins. Which is obviously only
0: two years ago, darling. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> um,
1: uh, I started another company in a similar vein, uh, not quite on the same scale, called Sabotage a New Media which was a very similar uh, company looking at digital strategy. But that was just little old me for the most of it. Deviate Digital is a much wider offering. Mm -hmm. Um, We've got a team and are scaling and working with a lot more diverse companies. Got you.
0: Now, in your... Previous career, you worked with some really big artists and big labels, um, such as Annie Lennox. You were named Music Week's Thirty Under Thirty in 2015, shortlisted for Music Business Worldwide's Young Executive of the Year. Not a bad CV, there. Is that so, right? That's, that's <laughs> all right. So obviously, you were really in demand in the music industry, which is not easy, as we know. I mean, I started in the music industry, so I completely yeah, understand. you do have a music industry background. I as do. Well. That's why I'm really surprised we don't know each no, other. No, I know. I I don't don't know We know a lot of people in common, actually. So why set up your own business? Because surely you could have just cashed in, you know. There was... You were in demand. There was
1: um, sort of an interesting time in the month leading up, two months leading up to launching this company. I was offered two very senior roles at major record labels. Wow. Um, With a
0: big paid package. With a... Expense uh, account. yeah. (laughs) Assistant. All those nice, comfy things. Um, And it was... Uh, the
1: only challenging time to sit down and weigh up that risk. And I think when... It's slightly different for me because I started off independently in some ways and started my own business, and I have a risk assessment that's perhaps slightly different to other people that have been in secure jobs for a long time. But weighing up whether I want, you know, stable, steady income and all all the bells and whistles, Mm. or whether I have enough belief in myself Mm. to be able to go out and do something and and take that risk and try it. Mm. And uh, my... Ethos in in life with a lot of these things. If you don't if you don't try it, you you won't know. Mm. And it felt like the right time for me. I had a lot of profile in the industry, and I've been very grateful for all the support the industry and our trade press have given me. But mm. it was the right time yeah. for me to start it. Although my mother, I think, perhaps thought I was slightly mad <laughs> when when I <laughs> called her and say? said I'm not taking that. Job. <laughs> she just said, "You were hey, offered two you... jobs, weren't two you? Jobs. Yeah. yeah." And one of them was quite funny actually. In that the two days before we launched the company, I was at the Brit Awards. Mm. And the people that were offering me the job were texting me from the Brit Awards floor, <laughs> asking me not to launch the company and to go with them instead. And it was one of those surreal moments, like, so, "Am I doing the right thing here?" Mm. But I knew I was. But yeah, you have to have that belief in yourself, and I think being able to surround yourself as well with knowledgeable people that are able to help advise you it's on key. those. Things. yeah, you know how, how have you formed your team? My team, uh, an interesting one, actually. We're not strangers to each other. Um, they're an old team of mine from when I was head of digital at a record label. OK. Who very so you coached people, did you? wouldn't call sort it coached. Borrowed. Borrowed. <laughs> <laughs> um, they came over of their own free will. <laughs> no, it's great, and that's been a slightly different thing for me in not starting completely from scratch. So there's a couple of members of the team that aren't completely new, mm. but being able to start as a fully formed unit... And uh, we know how we work with each other, we know our strengths and um,
0: weaknesses, and you know we got out the doors running um in that respect, I think. Fantastic. So now as a woman in the music industry, unfortunately there are not enough and certainly not at sort of senior level. How important has it been for you to sort of assert yourself as a woman in this industry and discuss issues around diversity?
1: Yeah, well, I started off, I don't use it anymore, but I started off, I got a degree in sound production.
0: Oh, did you really? Um,
1: wow. And I was the only woman of, of 30 people on the cause and also then became a tour manager to an all-male band with an all-male crew. Um, who was the band? Yeah, um, you had a rock band from the northeast called The Wild Hearts. OK. Who uh, were a very fun bunch, and I'm not <laughs> sure I can really talk about...
0: <laughs> what, what, what goes kind of on tour mates. stays on tour. But quite. <laughs>
1: um, but I will say, a baptism of fire, yes. I believe, is the, is the phrase. But I came into this industry knowing that I was one of the only but it's not allowing it to affect you in that way. Mm. It is challenging and you have to perhaps change how you act sometimes and into being slightly more assertive. If you're in a very male-dominated space, you may need to sometimes adapt how you act or how you deal with things. But I also think that you can still be feminine Mm. and still be assertive. You you, you don't have to go out and...
0: Be a man. No, No. you don't
1: need to be a man. But I think that's inclusion and in diversity, that it's sort of not allowing it to impact that. And there are obvious things that do impact that. We know about things like the pay gap and... There are a lot of issues surrounding... Is that why kind of you things. also set up your own business, do you think? Um, do you know what... I sort of, take uh, things into your own hands. I do a lot of public speaking of, about this issue at the moment, and the industry now is changing slightly. There are certainly more women than when I started, without a shadow of a doubt, there are still no women CEOs of major record there labels. There aren't, are
0: there?
1: No, That's but there are women coming up the ranks there. That could be. Yeah, and I think, for for me, I'm very hopeful that I'm seeing a change that the more great women do rise up through there, and the next generation, that mm. we'll there, there will be positions. Well. But women, there's a lot more support for women amongst themselves even. Women mm. are becoming aware mm. of being able to support each other. Each women, other. And I think, weirdly, if Trump's done anything, in a way, it's energised. Yeah, yes. re-energised. Yeah, he has. Um, and yeah. put that subject back on the table is definitely driving some...
0: And can you quickly tell that. me a bit about the network you set up, Let's Be The Change, which is... Uh, around diversity, isn't it? So
1: aside from my career, I spent a lot of the last few years speaking publicly at music Mm. industry events and Mm -hmm. and tech events. Mm. And I'm often usually the only female keynote speaker there Mm. and pretty much always the only uh, female panellist and it's usually an all-white male panel. And rather than sit around moaning about it, I'd talk to a lot of the conference organisers and they were... You know, they said, oh, we can't find any great women. It's like that's just a not lie. true. Yeah,
0: like, I know at least twenty. <laughs> yeah, and a
1: friend of mine uh, published an article on the Huffington Post about. She said a conference up, and she said that she found it a little bit difficult. And I thought surely there's a simple answer to this. If we start a list yeah. of all the great women that are in this industry, and we launched it um, a couple of months ago. There's already been over 2,000 female sign-ups of women in music around the world. Brilliant. Of all levels, up to CEOs, from people just starting out, and it's been used as a speaker database. Um, and we're also hearing from media companies that want women to come and talk on shows, and recruitment companies mm. that are looking for women to hire. But it's a really simple, simple concept. But it's a passion, and mm. I think being a woman in music—if you want to be able to have that conversation—you can't just sit around and not do anything mm. about the, these subjects. Like we all have it within ourselves to be the change that yes, we want to see, and yes. that's why we called it "Let's Be the Change." And I have been lucky enough to work for Annie Lennox for twelve, thirteen Who's years. Awesome! We love Annie. She's I can't work with Annie and not be inspired into, yeah. especially you know, women's rights issues. And mm-hmm. watching the way that she worked in with causes that are passionate to her sort of inspired me quite a lot, just to get up and do it. Yeah. And when you start seeing the change, that's the thing for me. It's a tipping point. Yes. And we're pressing for most of our industry events to have 50-50 male male-female uh, speakers, mm-hmm. yeah. um, and we're far off from that yet. But if we can achieve that, for me, that will inspire the next generation of women in our industry. And it normalises it as well. Yeah, it yeah. shouldn't be. You know, yeah. it shouldn't be a thing like, oh, wow, there's a the woman speaking somewhere. <laughs> it's ludicrous. It, it it's is fifty
0: percent of the fashion, fifty-one percent of the population. Yeah. On that note, I would like to introduce a woman who certainly is the change into the conversation. This is a woman who is, without a doubt, one of Britain's most brilliant businesswomen. Uh, Her career has spanned over two decades. Uh, She has been at the top of her game in that time. She's a female CEO, uh, frequently named on Power List as one of the country's most influential business people. Her story began in 1996 when she founded an organization with the ambition to take music of black origin into popular culture and put it on centre stage, which is exactly what she's done. 20 years on, uh, the success of her company, uh, the MOBO organisation, is clearly evident. Now considered a cultural institution in the UK, an important marker, and also a real social influencer as well. Um, She is a friend of mine, somebody I completely admire and go to when I need advice or or just a good gossip. I'm delighted to welcome to the conversation uh, the fantastic Kanye King, MBE, (laughs) uh, founder of MOBO. Hello, my lovely. Welcome. How are you, Kanya? I'm good, actually. Delighted to be with you I'm in the opportunity. i so to have you here. <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, let's talk about MOBO. I mean, I cannot believe it's been 20 years. It's, it's just unbelievable. Can you start first with the cultural impact of the awards? And obviously now it's a, it's a whole media company. But tell us about how it's really been able to change the influence of music of black origin in this country. Yeah, I mean, our ethos from day one had
2: always been that any person, regardless of their colour or background, should have the opportunity to discover their full creativity, Mm -hmm. and especially for the power of music. And we wanted to change an industry, the music industry, and represent diverse music genres that were being unappreciated and weren't being played on kind of mainstream radio or... You know, despite selling kind of lots of records around the world, the artists who were writing and performing that music weren't being celebrated at all. all. So we set the mobile organisation and wanted to kind of focus on a broad array of music genres. And music genres, at the time, hip-hop was seen as a fad. Mm. Can you believe (laughs) that? Wow. Uh, And, you know, they were basically an audience that wasn't being catered for. So, um, you know, over the years, you know, we're proud that there's so many artists who we've, I guess, supported, championed or elevated who've gone on to achieve either national or international success. And I think... It's really, really important because I know Sammy talked about Annie Lennox as a role model and I think it's so important that we have role models out there who are doing very well in the music industry so that any kind of young kid in any bedroom can be, you know, looking at the phenomenal and aspire to be there and realise that it is achievable. So largely in terms of the kind of impact, I mean, the Mobile Awards, which is our flagship event, goes out to kind of millions of people around the world but also the engagement is huge last year we were trending globally for you know many many hours wow. so the conversation people you know are talking and also you know it's kind of very important because music influences so many other creative fields. Yeah, Many other areas of our lives. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So there's a kind of a huge ripple effect. Yeah.
0: Do you know what I love about what you've done as well is how many artists who are now household names got their sort of first bit of recognition with you? I mean, even Beyonce, darling, let's name drop. <laughs> we must. <laughs> I remember interviewing her a few years ago uh, in New York and I was talking to her about the first ever award she got. first ever award Destiny's Child got was a MOBO award. Yes, How I mean... You know? And there are so many like that.
2: I mean, I, I have, have a huge a admiration for Destiny's Child because they were coming over to the UK long before many of Americans yeah. were. And they realised that huge, hard effort you know, that huge... Kind of determination, drive, and work ethic, mm. and so they were kind of, in a way, pioneers at the time, realizing that in order to be seen as kind of global and start, it mattered. Um, so it mattered yeah. You know, and the UK was a gateway to the rest of Europe. But you know, over the years, you know, we've been proud and I guess very fortunate to have talent. Everybody from, you know, I absolutely huge fan of Sade Love Sade. and I, I, you know, remember kind of bumping into a reggae festival and I. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) I know and she doesn't do um, many things in the media but she agreed to in a way, come out of kind of retirement time and perform for us. Mm. But there's been, you know, so many artists, you know, Puff from
0: Daddy, Puff
2: Daddy, Usher. Usher, I mean, you know, B.B. King, I mean, Tina Turner, and a lot of our fantastic kind of British talent yeah, that Sam we have Smith, here today. Um, Sam Rita Smith, Aura, Yeah, Tiny. Cray, yeah, 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 Tiny, Craig yeah. David. And in a way, I guess when you put a lot of effort into something, and you know, you make a lot of sacrifices, like as an independent company. Because I think because the brand is so high profile, mm. people think you know, we're a huge conglomerate, mm. but the truth is, we're an independent company that punches above our weights.
0: Yeah. So, can you explain Mobo as a business to me and how the organization actually generates its income? Yeah, so, um, we spent many, many
2: years, building a strong brand policy that has ultimately allowed us to expand the brand into other areas. I mean, in terms of kind of income streams, you know, we generate income the usual way from many different events. Um, So whether that's through brand partnerships and creative campaigns to ticket sales to advertising to distribution to you know I guess many different ways so multiple kind of different revenue streams and I just feel very excited about the next chapter MOBO because what we're looking to do and Sammy talked about this really well is we want to try and create a level playing field Mm -hmm. out there and you know having overcome many obstacles in kind of in my life and in, in terms of getting where I am today, it's important to be able to kind of support and champion the kind of new June (laughs) Sarpong of tomorrow.
0: (laughs) You mean the new (laughs) kind of Kings? (laughs) I love it. So Khan, let's talk a bit about um, the sort of the early days because it is such an inspirational story. You had no music industry background, no no, no no. contacts, and you literally remortgaged your house to set up this company.
2: I must admit it's not something i advise other people to do <laughs>
0: <laughs> so here's a disclaimer <laughs> <laughs> also, I'd, like I to, would... I'd like to add she kept the house so <laughs> yeah. <in> the end. <laughs>
2: and uh, again i had a mother similar to semis who my mother wanted me to have a traditional this job woman, yes. this lovely woman wanted me to be a teacher and you know when i told her that i was going to be remortgaging my house she was horrified (laughs) and tried to talk me out of it but I kind of having come from a humble background being the youngest girl of nine children living in a council flat Mm. and basically little was expected of me you know I spent a lot of my kind of early life, I was in care mm. for a long while mm. and my father died when I was young. So I knew that, you know, I had to do something myself and, you know, I had to help contribute to the household finances from a young age. And I think in a way, you know, there, I guess there were two things that shaped my destiny growing up. One was um, becoming a parent at a young age Mm. and needing to be responsible and be a good role model um, in futures for my son. Mm. And the second was um, I had a meeting with a careers officer at school and I told her about my ambitions and what I wanted to do. And that, you know, I wanted to set my own business and I felt that I could elevate and support, you know, a lot of young people in the creative arts and I was told by the careers officer that I needed to be realistic, I needed to lower my ambitions and it was very much because I was on kind of free school meals (laughs) at the time. (laughs) It was like, you know, I need to be real and I I, I must admit I was pretty shocked but that gave me the fire in my belly to be able to say, well, hold on a second, I'm not going to limit my expectations of what I want to achieve and what I want to do in my life and I think, you know, success in life You know, it's about the relentless pursuit of your goals. It
0: really is. You know,
2: and I think 85% of your success in life is about having the right attitude. It is. And
1: 15% is about
0: ability. It's about ability. It's persistence. Go on, Sammy, you want to add? It's so
1: funny you say that about your careers advisor because that is exactly what happened to me. I said I wanted to work in the music industry. And she said we're going to put you at the hairdressers because they play music <laughs> all day. <laughs> I, but it, it did exactly the same for me. It put a little fire in my belly. And I had a similar thing. I was in care as well when mm, I was younger. Wow. And if, if it you set that fire in yourself, it can be a great drive. It doesn't need to be a destructive force. That's right. right. It can be it was a great dri- driving force. Because my Amazing. careers officer
2: said to me, look, look at Sainsbury's. You know, she said, you're a smart girl. You can get a job in Sainsbury's. And if you work hard enough, you might be able to work your way up to becoming a manager now there's nothing wrong with that that's just not what i wanted to yeah, do no. and so
0: but she f- had no capacity to even be able to imagine that that's and the right. same with your careers teachers Th- that's yeah. right yeah, exactly. that's
2: right and you quite rightly say i mean i did everything you shouldn't do when starting out in business you know put i put your own money i put my <laughs> own money I, I did that also
1: But some of the best lessons that's you learned it. Is doing it the
2: wrong mind? way that's <laughs>
1: right
0: So, Sammy, let's talk a little bit about Deviate. I sort of want to explain how you've managed to sort of manage your financial risk, really. You know, as we said, you had the opportunity of a very cushy job. And, yeah. and now your own money's on the line. Well, my money to... and also I've, I've
1: been fortunate enough. So I have a partner and an investor. Mm. Which is amazing. And I was fortunate enough that a great guy called Paul Kemp that owns an amazing space, a creative space in King's Cross called Talyard, mm. um, which is a collective of, like, a 100-and-something different companies and music studios. Yeah, like the,
0: that's the where all of the music guys are, yeah. isn't it? Um, and Mark rudimental. And, yeah. yeah, I love all the people. Yeah, we love Talyard.
2: Yeah, we're actually working with them as well. Oh, so, OK. So, yeah, so, yeah, so
1: <laughs> Paul is my investor, but it's, it, uh, he came in and, and offered to help get it going. He had belief in me, um, and again, that's sort of in weighing up whether I I wanted to do this or not. It says quite a lot, and it gives you quite a boost when someone else. It's not just you saying I believe in myself. Mm. Someone else says, "No, I believe in you too." Yes, and I'm and I'm wanting to find. And someone and that.
0: somebody with such a sort of um, a track record like Paul. Yeah,
1: Paul's know. built up, a, you know, and supported a lot of different companies involved in a lot of amazing startups and. Talyard itself is a, a mix of really well established companies artists um, and startups and all manner of different organizations but to be to have his advice on hand as well he's a very very successful businessman mm. um, and for me to be able to call on that advice you know there are things of there are things that I don't know yet that's you know and I think it's kind of important that when you don't know things to be able to put your hand up and it's not a bad thing to yeah. go i don't know the answer yes. to this question but i'd like to find out and you can only grow and and develop in in being able to ask those questions and find out the stuff you need to know. But in my other ventures, I didn't have that, and that didn't stop me... From doing it, like I said, and I, I made some odd decisions. You know, <laughs> it was, it didn't have a house to put on the market, <laughs> but I probably would have had had I had one. Um, but definitely invested my own money, and you know, the, the, I was nearly bankrupt once when in my early twenties, and that was quite a thing to face early on.
0: It's probably when a you, good
1: thing that it happened early on because no, no, you learn. Well, yeah. and, then, yeah. and also dealing with something that large and that scary early on actually made me less fearful going forward. Mm. In a yes. way yes. that knowing knowing your limits within yourself, and that was because when I was think I was twenty one. I'm just not quite sure what I was doing yeah. with, with it in business, and obviously now I do, and I'm, you know, it's, it's going well now. But being able to learn from all of those mistakes is it's vital if you want to set your own business up. You have to accept that it is going to be tough. It's mm. not it's not an easy ride, and you but you've chosen to take that route. And if, mm. if you're successful with it, the payoff is far far greater. Yeah, that, you know than, than going in necessarily an employment. And I know a lot of people love their jobs, and running your own business is certainly not for everyone. You yeah. know, I know a lot of people that are very happy. In roles, places. Yeah, that cannot take the
0: sort of the highs and the lows, isn't Mm. it? And there are,
1: there are highs. And I think that's something important when people are terrified. And I I have uh, a lot of young female friends that have started out on their own. Mm. And they ring sometimes and they go, I'm going out of my mind, you know. I can't sleep. I'm worried about this. And go, that's that's normal, and mm. that's that's something that I think you have to realize in running your own business. That feeling is normal. It's how you deal with it that, that is important, and it will pass. At, you know, at some point, there is fear there, but you can turn that fear into ambition. Totally, not being overwhelmed by what might seem like massive tasks. Yes, or actually, you can get support. You
0: can break them down, and everything's achievable. As we've been uh, discussing earlier, one of the keys to making your business success is knowing your numbers. So whether you're pitching to potential investors or just keeping track of your day-to-day runnings, knowing your numbers is a key principle for any business. So here's Yvonne Greaves from NatWest to explain a little more.
3: Hi, my name's Yvonne Greaves and I'm the National Women and Business Manager for NatWest. And my job is to help more women to set up and scale their business and by using the bank's resources to try and make that happen. So I'm really keen to talk about knowing your numbers. And there's five key tips that I would say that you've really got to understand for running your business. First one and the most important one to me is the cash flow of the business. Do you understand where the cash is coming in and more importantly, where the cash is going out in the business? Because unless you truly understand that, how can you see where the business is going? How can you grow your business without understanding the financials? It's not everybody's area of interest, especially if you're running a business and it's maybe the last thing that you want to think about. If you don't understand, there's plenty of advisors out in the market. There's great accountants. There's great software. The bank has one called Free Agent. There's fantastic software that you can use to help you. Ask, ask and ask again for help when it comes to cash flow. The second one really is around budgeting. You need to know, where the business is going. You've got to sit down and that manual process of sitting down and working out the figures of where you think you will be in six months, 12 months, even in 18 months time, two years time is really, really important. But what you've really got to remember to do with budgets is to review them. You've got to keep reviewing them and you've actually got to keep adapting them. The budget that you set two years ago isn't relevant now. You've got to keep changing the budget for different factors that come into your business and as your business scales the budgets will have to become a lot more complex but again ask for help. If you can sit and explain a budget to an advisor, to a bank, to an investor then they're much more likely to invest in you because they know that you understand the figures. Crucially the third point is don't be afraid to negotiate Too often I meet people that are grateful for the sale, but when they actually look down about how much that sale is going to actually cost them to deliver, they realise there's very little value in it for them. So don't be afraid to negotiate with the person wanting to give you the job. Sometimes it's more important to walk away than actually take the job on because it's actually not financially viable for you. And fourthly, always chase your money. Don't be embarrassed to ask somebody for your money. You've delivered them a good service. Why shouldn't you ask for the money? Because too many businesses will sit and hold that money waiting for you to go and chase it. So don't be scared to go and chase your money. So finally, last point is never underestimate businesses run out of, for example, port cabins or not very glamorous premises. One of the biggest learnings I ever learned from a great business was he always said to me, Yvonne, Every penny is a prisoner. I won't let a penny out this business unless I really, really believe I have to. Um, he was one of the thriftiest business owners I ever came across, but he would one of the best businesses I ever had. And um, if I ever pluck up the enough courage to set up my own business, I'll certainly be following some of his words of wisdom that he gave me over the years. So, as I've said, those are my top tips, but I fully understand numbers are not everybody's favourite subject. I personally love a good cash flow, but not everybody does. That's why we've got a network of 400 women and business specialists across the UK. Come and chat to us, we're here to help.
0: Thanks there to Yvonne, a national women in business manager for Nat West. We'll be hearing from her a little bit more as she'll join us later in the show. So, you are listening to the Women in Business Podcast, the finale in this series, the final episode. Um, but, my goodness, we have some fantastic women for you. I'm joined by the lovely Sammy Andrews from Deviate Digital, and of course, uh, the legend uh, that is Kanye King, founder of the Mobo Awards. Kanye and Sammy, uh, we've been talking about the importance of knowing your numbers and, of course, your company finances. But I guess another thing that you need to know, uh, keeping on the area of insights, Sammy, is um, your strategy. Um, so, Sammy, I'm going to ask you how does Deviate use its analysis and all the sort of information it collects?
1: Well, so within the business as a whole, the analytics that we look over predominantly for the client, but we've been very fortunate in launching that we haven't an advertised we, and we've got a lot of work through word of mouth and you know figuring out covering our overheads right out the door is, is a really important thing. Mm. But for the strategy, long term is our ability to know when to scale, yes. and that's something that is very different to the businesses I've done before because it is an agency and it's not just me and sort of the long term. Plans of knowing when's the right time to scale, when's the right time to recruit more staff, and you know, at, at what point does that become feasible yeah. to be able to scale properly? I don't want to scale too quickly. I've no. seen a lot of companies ruin themselves. Ruin themselves. Scale by too that. quickly yeah. if you're not ready for it. Mm-hmm. So, sort of taking stock regularly seeing where we're at you know on, on a And how are you measuring your growth and success? Is it yeah so obviously the bank balance is Helps. is yeah <laughs> is one thing but that's you know, not keep, always keep indicative no, of your it's, business it's like not. yours. Well, a lot well, of them don't make
0: money for years but no, are still considers is, a success
1: yeah so we're fortunate you know to to be doing okay so far out, out the doors but we're already declining work wow and for various reasons and I think this is actually probably quite an important point if you're thinking of starting up that You don't necessarily have to take all of the work that you're offered. And sometimes, and I only know this from the 15 years of doing different things in freelance capacity or in your own business, sometimes taking a project on it just might not be the right time for that project. It might not be the right fit for your company. And just because it's there and it's a check, per se, does not mean that you need to take it. If it's going to take too much time away from and focus and stuff that... Needs to be focused and take on. you off
0: brand. Yeah, yeah, know,
1: and, and uh, for the long term strategy, and I'm uh, supported by you know the company and the team in saying that, that we're very not picky and choosy about what we work on. That's that's the the wrong way to put it, but certainly checking every project and checking it's the right thing for us in the business. But that brings into itself the question of when to scale or not. Mm. And for the clients, we measure our success there for all of the data insights that we get in. We can very clearly see when we're making a difference, which is something that's quite important to feedback to our clients that mm. we can tell we've raised engagement rates, we can prove it with data, we can mm. tell we've, we've driven sales because we can prove that with data. data. There are so many tools available for businesses now to be able to measure that success mm. so that you can you know proudly go back and say, We did this job for you and we achieved this as a yeah. result.
0: And, and I think now that's next important. time it's gonna cost you more. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so Kanye, can you tell <laughs> a lot more. And so Kanye, can you tell me how important it is as a business to know your audience?
2: Oh, my well, yes. It's imperative to know your audience, to know the market you're in, mm. because I think back to when we started and to where we are now, things have changed so much and are rapidly changing all the time. And I think we've managed to stay relevant. Yeah. you know, After over two decades, yeah. we've stayed relevant. Yeah. And, you know, I think of all the kind of, um, you know, the musical genres that have come and and gone, gone yeah. over the years and obviously people talk about grime music now because it's kind of reached kind of a mainstream status but a lot of the grime music hacks we've been supporting you know since 2001 mm. so I guess you've got to engage we've always engaged with a kind of a young audience on a, on a regular basis and we've always had feedback um, we work a lot with influencers mm. and just making sure we're innovative and we're adapting all the time
0: brilliant well as we have been discussing the subject of growing a business one thing that that we've discussed throughout this series in terms of doing that is the importance of creating a trusted network of people around who can support you on that journey. People who you can turn to for advice, for knowledge and just plain old emotional support. We heard from her a little earlier, so can you please give a warm welcome to Yvonne Greaves. Hi Yvonne, how are you? I'm fine, thank you. Looking forward to this. So can you tell me a little bit about your role and how you help women
3: in business and, and basically what the initiative does? Yeah. So basically I run the Women in Business programme across the UK for NatWest. We've so got across o- the country? Across the country, wow. yeah. We've got 400 women in business specialists and our job and my job is really to make sure that they're all out there helping and supporting women to grow and set up and scale. And a lot of the things we've already discussed about mentoring, networking, role models is a big one for me, mm. massive one, and giving them the tools that they can go and prosper. Yeah. And what we find is uh, by far the vast majority of our women and business customers have smaller scale businesses and there's nothing wrong with that. You can have a fantastic business that maybe doesn't have the biggest turnover in the world, but if it's giving you the income that you want, then what's wrong with that? There's yeah. absolutely nothing. It's not for us to turn around and say you must have a large business. Generate XML. Exactly. Absolutely. That whole adage about turnover is um, vanity. Mm. Um, Profit sanity and cash is king is just key in this one. It's got all about the cash and it's all about having the right business that fits your needs at that time because we've got so many other different factors that come in. Children, work-life balance, all these other factors that we've got to factor into running that business. It's about we're just trying to give women the tools so they can go and do that. Brilliant. So for somebody like Sammy, who's not new to business but has
0: just launched her own Company. What are some of the key fundamentals uh, that someone like a Sammy needs?
3: I think you've got the skills there already. You've you know you've got your networks already in place. You've already got a lot of business acumen. You're in a really really far advanced place for setting up and running your business. The thing that I'm most passionate about is cash flow. Mm. Cash, cash, cash. Mm. That's what put businesses down is running out of cash. And so many times um, we get tight with the cash. We're too frightened to ask our suppliers, or people for cash. It's all about the cash. Keep the cash in within the business. And and also, I suppose, with a
0: business like Sammy's, where you're waiting for companies to pay you, you know, it's sort of an, on an invoice. Do you charge before you start the no, How d- d- does it depends on
1: the project. So Depends on the project. So some, some things, you know, people will pay up front. A, a lot of the long-term clients, we have a monthly rolling. Yeah, which okay. I've learnt, try and get them on a stand-in order. Yeah. That's even yeah. being if, 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 I, if I know that I'm signing someone in for 12 months... Then there's no need for them not to be on a standing order it saves us all a lot of time with yeah. me chasing, chasing invoices boring. And, and so far a lot of them are up for doing that mm-hmm. but I know from past businesses you could spend half your life chasing, chasing money, money them, yeah. they, mm-hmm. like you so say, cash is king when, mm-hmm. when I have my first business there was months if two people paid late I couldn't pay my rent oh, no, terrible. You know and it's when you get in that mm-hmm. situation it's difficult but if you can have the conversations and the relationships
0: and is that the kind of thing where networks would offer cash flow to help
3: well we, we yeah. can help with that as well yeah. but I think it's all also there's also that deeper layer in the sense that don't be afraid to ask too many females I think and and all businesses are too frightened to go and ask for their money that they're due, mm. so they they won't chase their debtors. They won't mm. go and chase any payments due in. And I know too many business owners. I've met many over the years that say they'll not pay a bill until it's chased. Wow! Um, wow! So, so yeah. chase it and chase go, it's it. your money and, yeah. and and go for it. Yeah, a growth trajectory for a business is always the the most high risk because you know like they're, you're putting money out, so you've got to really manage that control. And it's about the circle. You were talking about advisors. Mm. So it's about that circle of advisors around you and a good accountant is worth their weight in gold definitely Get Get that's to a lesson to have that's really early on and I
0: know it so how does NatWest help with a network of advisors
3: Yvonne well, we have extensive networks. We we've partnerships with some national bodies as well, but we've also got our local regional networking events where we encourage our female business owners to come along and meet who's in the local area, um, and that's the best way I can think to get established because you get that face to face relationship. It's all about relationships, mm. and it takes time to build relationships. Mm. And you've do you got do to, a lot of introductions. Yeah, yeah, I spend a lot of time connecting, and what I find and frustrates me about net, when people say, "Oh, that was a waste of time," that networking event. Mm didn't get anything out of it but you won't with the first one Mm. it might take you I find that I'm connecting people up that I've met six months ago Mm. it can sometimes take six months and you think I know somebody that can help you Mm. and it's about that connection Mm. and that's key Mm. so you've got to get to build that network and you've got to be consistent Tenacious is a, yeah. my favourite word. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you've got to be tenacious. I mean, you, you've yep. just got to keep going and going and going. So they might mm-hmm. say no, but eventually they'll say yes to yeah. me because I will keep going and changing it till they yes. say yes. Exactly.
2: I mean, I've always felt when you go to events, it's not networking for networking's sake. Mm. It's about building relationships and rapport. Yeah. So some of my, you know, really closest friends mm. are people I've met at events, but I might have just met one person. Yeah. Because you can't keep. In touch touch with everybody no, yeah. Yeah. so you know I've met one but and we've ended up doing a lot of things together yeah. so I think some people think it's about collecting lots of cards no, uh-huh. business cards and it's not, oh, I know and it's, of- not. It's, it's about building that relationship over time building that re- cherishing that relationship and
0: not and, always asking for something that's, straight away that's, yeah, oh, that's yeah. right.
2: <laughs> and also helping them because more often than not you know I've gone to an event and I've been able to provide some advice or connect other people mm. and I think a lot of positive things have come my way it might not always be for that same person but from other people and I I think the universe has a fantastic way
3: of that sort of positive energy coming back at you when you're doing something right I think so Mm -hmm. I think like attract I also think that falls into mentoring as well because mentoring is a big area I'm really interested in Mm. and I was given mentors in the past Mm. and that's just never worked for me being given a mentor Mm. I've actually found mentors and funnily enough through networking Mm. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's just started through friendship and then before you know what you're actually mentoring each other. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit
0: more about diversity. Uh, we touched on it earlier. Um, obviously, you're both uh, brilliant women. Are uh, working in a male-dominated industry. Um, Kanya, I want to talk to you specifically um, from the perspective of being a black woman, a woman of colour, in an industry where there are not many women, and there certainly aren't many people of colour at senior levels. How's that affected you?
2: Um, You know, I remember in the beginning when I was going to a lot of meetings and, as you quite rightly say, being the only woman and the only woman of colour. And, you know, the advice people used to say to me in the beginning was, Kanye, don't wear makeup, put your hair in a bun, you know, wear a suit. And I thought, well, that's not me. Mm. So I think you have to be authentically yourself Mm. and feel comfortable in your own skin Mm. and who you are. And I think what I realised was the fact that I became memorable,
0: Mm, you know. That's just a good point. Yeah. Yeah. So
2: there were positives. I tended to look at the positive. Of course, there was negatives. Of course, there was inequality out there. Mm. But what I was focusing on was the positives. I would be in meetings and sometimes I could meet the same person many times and I wouldn't really remember them because they just... Or, or blended were, were, in they blended yeah. in but people would remember me because the wild <laughs> hair the <and laughs> fact that I was a new female the female of
0: colour yeah. so there's a good thing in that yeah. you know so of course you know um, and also I, I you know I, I find <laughs> well, mine's slightly different in that you know when you work in telly people sort of know who you are maybe but I remember what would be interesting especially in the early days is you'd be in the room and people sort of gravitate towards you as a result like oh yes c- come in you're welcome yeah. so actually it's great because you don't have to go and you know try and talk to people because people yeah. come to you absolutely right. that's There's right they remember you yeah. they meet you once <laughs> and they
2: remember you time and time again yeah. which makes life easy and it gives you an advantage in some way yeah so I think you know um of course there needs to be more equality there needs to be a level playing field you know I would like future generations to not have the kind of issues that you know I had in terms of starting out mm. and, and I am feeling have that. you
0: found it was in the early days? It was difficult getting people to take you seriously.
2: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So I'd go into meetings and I, you know, would have a plan and I'd done my homework and research. And, you know, people would smile and laugh. Little, yeah, yeah, you'd be patronised mm. all the time. And what I realised very early on is I had to let
1: my work do the talking.
0: Mm. How important do you think it is to create uh, inclusive environments in the business world?
1: It's really important. I mean, do, do you know there've been so many studies now that show that having a diverse board and and diverse workplaces is good for business. Yeah, I mean, it's better it, for business. Yeah, better yeah. for business. You'll make more money yeah. if you do these things. And yeah. you know, I'm I'm on a lot of different boards for for different businesses, mm. and I am usually the only woman on those as well. Mm. But that's changing it has to be inclusive and it is so important that we all have to be a part of this
2: yeah yeah. can I just add I, th- I also think it's important that we feel comfortable talking about race and gender yeah kind of and issues. all kinds of
0: diversity that's issues. right we yeah. do have to feel
2: comfortable because often um, you know if you're a woman of colour and you talk about racism or you or talk about race people think you have a chip on your shoulder mm. so you yeah. end or people up are uncomfortable, not, or people are uncomfortable mm. so you don't end up saying anything and I think that's what's happened a lot I mean in a lot I'm not just talking the music industry here Mm. in a lot of companies, you end up not saying anything and not dealing with it. And it's only when you voice your opinion out loud that you realise that lots of other people Mm. have have similar issues and similar problems and they feel comforted by the fact that they're not on their own and that you can kind of support Mm. each other.
0: And then that's how you begin to find solutions. Exactly, exactly. I agree. Speaking of solutions, uh, Yvonne, NatWest has links to a lot of different networks, isn't it, that sort of encourages groups that promote people from
3: different backgrounds. Am I right in saying yeah, that? Yeah, absolutely. We've been working with the, the National Black Women's Network oh. and Sonia Brown since two I've never heard of
0: them. Do you know them, Kyle? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: Oh. Absolutely.
0: Oh, I feel exclusive. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Getting an introduction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Getting an introduction. Yes, yeah, so we work with um, Sonia and we we host events and um, across the country. And it's not just Black women within her network. Hmm. She's got all different women and, and men from different areas. Yeah. And it's a fantastic network. You've definitely got to get along oh, to there something. You, there you go. We also we also sponsor the Asian Women of Achievement Awards, which are tomorrow night. Oh wow! As it yeah. turns oh, out. Yeah. Um, so we sponsor that, and um, I was lucky enough to be one of the judges this year for nice. the Young Achievers, and it was. Phenomenal! I felt like a complete underachiever by wow. the end of, the, end of the, <laughs> the judging day. The women were absolutely incredible.
0: So, do you take uh, your women business owners to these events? Do you sort of co- oh, cross culturally
3: connect communities? Uh, collaboration is a key. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one of the, the areas with um, specifically female-led networks, sometimes I say, is well, why would you miss out fifty percent? of the population of potential customers if you're only attending female-led networks. And that's the whole point of networks. You've got to try lots of different networks, go along and meet as many different people as you possibly can because you never know where the next piece of business or the next connection is going to come from. And that's the whole point that's really important about these networks. Brilliant. Fantastic. So,
0: unfortunately, ladies, we have come to the end of the show. Uh, It's been great talking to you all. what inspirational women uh, that you are. Uh, So I'm going to end with asking you about the role models. Um, Now, Kanya and Yvonne, you're both parents, so do you think it's important to be role models to your children? Would you say that?
2: Oh, absolutely. I think having my son at an early age... Um, inspired me and kind of pushed me further forward because I was determined that I would be a strong role model for him and and give him the kind of insight and wisdom and
3: knowledge for him to do
2: whatever he, you know, wanted to do in and life. And to give him a good life. and
3: Yeah, absolutely. Brilliant. Absolutely. And Yvonne? I completely agree. I've got two daughters and I thought it was fantastic one day when my youngest said to me, you're such a great role model to me because you're at home running around after us and you're also working really hard with your career and yeah i just it one of them wants to go into STEM. I've got a real passion about um, more girls and more role science, models into yeah. sta- science, technology, engineering, mathematics. Mm-hmm. And she very much is down the STEM and the other one's the creative route. And it's just about trying to give them... I'm trying my hardest to say we can have as much as we possibly want and mm-hmm. as long as you try really hard and work hard, you can get there in the end. Fantastic. Uh,
0: now, Sammy, you're like me. Uh, you said you don't have any children that you know of. No, that I know <laughs> <No>. <laughs> But do you think it's important in terms of your success to be a role model for others? women who want to sort of have yeah, careers definitely. in the music industry through
1: the public speaking and the media stuff that i do i hear from a lot of young women mm. and it's really nice when you get feedback like that if it's even if it's putting your head at, you know above the parapet sometimes to talk about diversity mm. i got a lot of really lovely messages from people saying thank you yeah. actually for for raising that when yeah, some people addressing won't. it yeah yeah and if, i think when you are a young woman starting out i remember that it can be a little bit lonely within that uh, sphere and if you can't visibly see some great female role models I think that if you don't have something to aspire to maybe yes. but now that we see more and more great strong female women in the music industry and there's loads more role models there visibly for the next generation to see and look up to and you know, aspire to be
0: Brilliant, well on that note thank you so much, uh, it's been a wonderful conversation uh, and I wish you all the best with all the great work that you're doing. Thank you Thank
2: you hey, June
0: Well, a huge thanks to all of my guests throughout the series. I have to say it's been an absolute joy and a pleasure talking to so many inspirational business women and hearing about their journeys and also looking at the next generation of business leaders that are coming through too. If you haven't checked out previous episodes, then please do go back and listen. Uh, you can find out more about the Women in Business Initiative and how NatWest's team of over 400 specialists can help you simply by searching NatWest. West women in business and remember if you do want to talk to natwest about funding security may be required product fees may apply and you must be over 18 so good luck on your business journey uh, for those of you that are considering starting a business or wanting to grow your business we wish you all the best and thank you for listening goodbye for now